0: This episode is supported by Army Reserve Officers Training Corps, the college elective for undergraduate and graduate students that provides leadership training for success in any career field. If you have a passion for it, you can find a place to fit in the Army as an officer and get the training you need to turn that passion into a career. It offers merit-based scholarships that can pay up to the full cost of tuition and open educational opportunities. Whether you are in high school, college, or already in the Army, are you ready to become a leader? Enroll now. To receive more information about the Army ROTC program, visit goarmy.com slash podcast. This is Data Science at Home, the podcast that makes machine learning and artificial intelligence easy for everyone. Here's your host, Francesco Garaleta. Welcome back to Data Science at Home, the podcast that makes machine learning easy for everyone. In this episode, I'm going to speak about the success of machine learning models from training dataset to testing dataset. And of course, all the cases in which uh, this doesn't happen, which means after you train a machine learning model on a certain training dataset, uh, and then you get surprises on uh, uh, once you try the same model on the testing dataset, which is, uh, as I will explain better in detail uh, later, uh, is a dataset that should have some special characteristics uh, with respect to the training dataset. So generally speaking, the success of a machine learning model depends on several factors and events, and they all have to occur. So true generalization to data that the model has never seen before is not always the case, it's it's rarely a reality. But under specific conditions, a well-trained machine learning model can generalize well and perform with testing accuracy that is similar to the one performed during training. So generally speaking, machine learning models require three things. Uh, Good training data, good algorithms, of course, and unbiased validation datasets. Now, it is the combination of all these three, let's say, elements or events to occur that makes a model powerful and reliable in the domain of interest. So, it is also required that such unseen samples, that is, these samples on which the, the model will perform a prediction, are distributed with the same statistical distribution of the training data. And this is a very important requirement that I've seen, especially in production, many data scientists not paying attention to. While it is considered, of course, one of the biggest uh, limitations against machine learning uh, generalization, It is absolutely a must. It is extremely important. And I will repeat a million times that the statistical distribution or the statistical properties of a uh, data, of a data set where you are performing the model for instance in production uh, should be very similar to the statistical properties of the data that you used to train that model. And in fact, when this is not the case, a model that is released with very high training accuracy, will kind of disappoint its user uh, just because it would be performing predictions over data that is way far from its reach. Of course, we are talking about statistical difference or statistical distance in this case. Now, to put this in very simple terms, a model that has been trained to predict, let's say, uh, the risk of heart stroke from a set of medical lab tests or, or medical claims in a very specific range of values will perform poorly or definitely less than the accuracy showed during training, when such values go outside the expected ranges, and this is a barrier that is quite known to to mathematicians and statisticians, and goes under the name of drifting or dataset shift. Now, the meaning of training, testing, and validation datasets have acquired a more and more blurred distinction uh, in the years. And I've seen, especially in industry, that terms are kind of used interchangeably. Now, in this episode, I'm going to provide a simple explanation of a dataset shift and a very simple method to detect potential dataset shifts, because once we detect these things, you know, these differences, we should take care of this. We should consider them uh, when, you know, when we use the machine learning model in another uh, context, even in the same domain, but just on a different uh, dataset. The next episode will be, of course, a continuation of this, and I will uh, go through the explanation of uh, uh, training, testing, and validation datasets, uh, and of course, continue this discussion about dataset shifts. Finally, I will raise a philosophical challenge about the validation of private machine learning models that is, models that are essentially trained over data that cannot be accessed and cannot be inspected, and so all these statistical characteristics and statistical features that we can see uh, as long as we have access to the data. Well, in the case in which we have no access to data, of course, uh, we can no longer, uh, we can no longer see or measure. So what is the dataset shift? Well, the phenomenon that makes machine learning models trained in the lab difficult to apply to the real world in, in many, many cases goes under the name of dataset shift. So as a matter of fact, except for academic scenarios uh, or even many of the Kaggle competitions uh, that you can uh, participate to, in which training and testing datasets usually do not change or are assumed to be invariant uh, in the entire data science workflow, in the real world a shift between these two datasets is almost always the case. Uh, While several types of dataset shifts are already known to statisticians, um, the two most common ones are definitely the simple covariate shift and the prior probability shift. Just for the sake of, um, uh, you know, completeness, I would mention there are way more uh, types of shift, of dataset shift. For example, the sample sample selection bias, uh, imbalanced data, the domain shift, source component shift, uh, concept shift, etc. But of course, for the sake of simplicity, and of course, explaining the most, the most common ones, I will just go through the simple covariate shift and the prior probability shift. So in order to explain the simple covariate shift, um, we have to understand what a covariate is. So given a training data set, uh, the, covariate are, the covariates are the independent variables that are used as features for a prediction. Well, the variable to be predicted is usually called the target or the outcome. As the name suggests, covariate shift is a change of distribution of the predictors from training to testing data set. So simple covariate shift can be summarized as the probability of Xi, where Xi is, for example, the, uh, the i covariate. And so the probability in the training set of the Xi is different from the probability of xi in the testing set for all i from 1 to n. What this means is that if I am training the model uh, using a covariate with a certain probability distribution, uh, I find that later, when I test the, mo- the same model on another data set, uh, I have a surprise, which is the probability distribution uh, that uh, from which a, the same covariate comes uh, is different. Okay, is different from the one that I train the model with during training. Detecting a covariate shift is not necessarily hard in all scenarios. It is much harder uh, to detect the prior probability shift, which I will summarize in, in just one phrase. The prior probability shift is a difference in the probability of the target variable between training and testing, which means that the variable that I am predicting is distributed according to a certain probability distribution in the training data set. The training data set is of course the data set I'm using to tune the model parameters. And then when I move the model to the testing data set, I find that the probability distribution of the same target variable is completely different. And so think about training, for example, a classifier that classifies uh, cats and dogs in the training data set, I have like uh, the probability distribution of the cats, um, of the presence of the cats in my data set, as for example, a, a normal distribution with a certain mean and a certain uh, standard deviation. And then I realize that when I go to the testing data set, the probability distribution of the target variable is for example, an exponential or a Poisson with a completely different shape. So. If that happens, I have the so-called prior probability shift. And this is much, much harder to detect for the simple reason that, well, most of the time I do not have the target in the testing set or, well, I should ignore that completely because, you know, that's the main reason why I'm having a machine learning model at the end, because I want to make predictions for observations or samples. I do not know the answer. And so I do not know what could be or might be the probability uh, of the target variable in the testing set. Now, let's go back to the covariate shift, the simple covariate shift, which is, I think, one of the most common ones. And it can be detected relatively easily. So, detecting, uh, as I said, a covariate shift is not necessarily hard in all possible scenarios. It is actually quite easy to spot changes of distributions when these are evident. For example, in the case in which some covariates in the training set are distributed as a normal distribution with a certain mean and a certain standard deviation. And the same covariates are distributed as a very different exponential distribution. So in these cases, of course, there is a a consistent statistical difference between the normal distribution with mean and standard deviation and the exponential distribution with another parameter. And you you can see the shapes of the two probability distributions being very, very different. But, uh, you know, detection of course is much more subtle in those cases in which the two data sets are both distributed as normal distribution with slightly different parameters. For example, they come from the same shape, but the mean and the standard deviation are almost, you know, comparable. And for which there is a huge overlap between data points coming from the training set and the testing set. Well in these cases we still have a difference but it's quite hard to distinguish uh, which points come from which distribution so what i did uh, and uh, i will add this to the github and of course uh, report the link in the show notes is a snippet that shows how covariate shift is first of all generated and eventually detected with variable sensitivity. What you will read from the source code, of course, if you're interested in inspecting the, the source code, is two synthetic data frames that I create from uh, the beta distribution, which is just a statistical distribution, with slightly different parameters. Um, I don't recall the uh, values of these parameters, but you will check that uh, on the on the GitHub. And um, they have slightly different parameters for the training data set and the testing dataset. So I would say that, you know, the two clouds of points are statistically similar to each other. So after I do that, so I create these these synthetic data frames, uh, I also create a new feature for both the data frames and annotate which sample belongs to which dataset. And then I combine the two data frames into one and I just drop the new feature into a target variable so that I can train a machine learning model that learns to distinguish samples from training data set and the testing data set. And so that what happens is that I have, for example, a logistic regression or a linear regression, or even another more complex model like a a random forest classifier, for example, that uh, learns to distinguish the data points from the training set and the test data set. And so what happens is that, well, the, the rationale behind this approach is that if i have a model that can easily distinguish the two clouds uh, from training and testing well then it means that uh, indeed there is a discrepancy a divergence there is a a consistent difference statistical difference between these two data points if my model struggles to distinguish training data set from testing data set well then it means that the two are statistically similar and so of course you know this is not a uh, an exact method in that, that is statistically uh, proved to, to, to work all the time. But it is an empirical uh, approach that, uh, of course, once you have access to the to both the data set, you can measure how different this, these data sets are. And so I empirically set the minimal uh, area under the curve score. Uh, the area under the curve score is basically a metric that is used to uh, evaluate the um, Uh, the accuracy of a model and so i set this um, minimal score to 80 percent and when i do that this allows me to detect a relatively strong covariate shift the rationale behind this is that all features in which the covariate shift detector let's say you know this model that can distinguish data points from the training and the testing data set so all features in which this detector scores high should be dropped because these are potential source of misclassifications because, you know, the statistical distribution of such features changes quite consistently from the training to the testing dataset. So it would be wise to just drop them. Now, unfortunately, this is often the, the rule and not the exception in, in many real world domains. This problem is uh, formally known as covariate shift when the distribution of the input used as predictors or covariates changes between training and production stages. Now, this is relatively easy to detect as, as long as you have access to both the training and the testing dataset. In many cases, especially for private machine learning, this is not true. And so, we will uh, suggest in the next episodes other techniques to detect these differences between training and testing dataset actually the distribution of uh, points in, uh, t- in training and testing dataset when one has no access to the datasets themselves this was data science at home the podcast that makes machine learning and artificial intelligence easy for everyone if you like the show Don't forget to write a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher or Podbean. You can also find us on datascienceatome.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter and get the latest updates. Thanks for listening. Hey, are you still there? Well... Let me tell you about the newsletter of Data Science at Home. It's my free digest of the best content in artificial intelligence, data science, predictive analytics, and computer science. Subscribe now, datascienceathome.com.